All right, we're going to get started with our hymn. I'll say that loosely. Uh, as you'll take a look at your white insert and find that you have eight pages. Uh, it's definitely not written like a, a normal hymn, and that's probably because it really isn't uh, uh, that way. Uh, what is it? It's actually a paraphrase, if you will. In fact, it is a rhymed paraphrase of the Te Deum Laudamus. Uh, the Te Deum Laudamus is normally categorized as a canticle, uh, and yet, you know, it's not uh, from the Psalms. Uh, it's a freely composed canticle that has been used in the church. Uh, it is probably the oldest, uh, not counting parts of the liturgy like the preface and stuff like that, but uh, counting uh, generally hymnody that's not psalms. Um, it goes back 2nd, 3rd century A.D. was used in the uh, was used in the church, um, was in Latin, uh, was, uh, was, was, was chanted in the church. Uh, Luther, he's not the first one, uh, but uh, he is uh, the composition that stuck. Um, there were a couple others that tried a paraphrase or, or something like that. Uh, he put it in a, uh, took the translation, made it rhyme so that it could be sung by two groups, two choirs. Um, and that's what you see uh, on your uh, sheet that you have there. The Lord our God we praise, to thee God thanks we raise. All earth doth worship thee, Father in eternity. And so you see that kind of going back and forth. Uh, that's uh, exactly what uh, um, he, he put together. Uh, pretty well, uh, they, they argue about it, but, you know, most of the Tadeums, and in the 17th century they started doing lots of festive ones, most of them borrow from Luther one way or another. And so uh, they begin to uh, pick those out, whether it is Handel or Purcell or, you know, any of those. Uh, even Luther's original melody has been used. Um, historically, uh, there's m most of the ancient ones have uh, stories that go with it. And so this was supposedly composed on the fly by at Augustine's baptism between him and Ambrose. And so he would say one, and he would respond with the other, and, and that's the way it all happened um, sometime in the 5th century. It's not. Um, as they go back, they found at least uh, by the 5th century, it was already being included in monastic vows like Saint, the rule of St. Benedict and things of this sort. Most go back to a bishop named Nasitus of what would be modern Serbia in about 335 uh, with this uh, with this Tadeum. Uh, you might remember in uh, connection with our hymnal study that the Book of Common Prayer, uh, which 
1549 or, or so, already has translated this into English. And from there we get our text of what would be a regular to Deum Laudamus in an order of Matins. Okay? That's where it's just the chant and it goes through. Um, this particular one, though, as I mentioned, is a rhymed uh, text and intended to be sung back and forth. Um, I thought it was quite interesting that uh, uh, Luther's works, it says, Luther wanted two groups singing the Te Deum to alternate half verse by half verse instead of verse by verse, as is done with antiphonal chants. Um, it says, this doesn't mean that two actual choirs were to sing the Te Deum. The Wittenberg Church Order of 1533 prescribes, after the hymn, let the choir intone the Te Deum Laudamus in Dr. Martin German translation, and let then let one of the choristers in the schoolboy's pew answer with the congregation at the half verse. So for the start, he may take a few boys into the pew to help him until the congregation gets accustomed to singing this to Deum. And so it says, in other words, half verse was sung by the choir, half verse was sung by the congregation, and what they would do was they'd slip a couple boys downstairs in the congregation so that the congregation could hear the, you know, couple members of the choir um, in order to uh, bring it out, which is almost what we're going to do come Sunday. The choir is going to sing choir one and the congregation the second choir. And I don't know who's sneaking downstairs, but uh, we'll see. Um, if you go to your last page, uh, I included some text. It's not uh, the chanting part. That comes before that. Uh, on the left side, you have the regular Te Deum Laudamus. Um, we praise thee, O God. We acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. There's the first uh, uh, theme, is the Father everlasting. And before it can go on to, uh, you might say, in kind of a creed-like fashion, before it can tell you about the Father, it breaks into a long list of those who are going to be praising the everlasting Father, all the earth, which includes, to thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To the cherubim and seraphim continually do cry. Then we have that Isaiah 6 uh, verse. Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth. Heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. And it continues. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of martyrs praise thee. So we have all the angels, cherubim, seraphim, Isaiah's vision of heaven. Uh, then we have the apostles, we've got the prophets, we've got the martyrs, uh, all uh, praising, giving praise to God. Uh, that's what Laudamus means, we praise you. With ten, the holy church throughout the world doth acknowledge thee. Then with eleven, twelve, and thirteen, the three persons of the Trinity, the Father of an infinite majesty, thine adorable true and only Son, also the Holy Ghost, 
the Comforter. And so having begun praising the Lord and speaking of the Father, now there is what is almost a doxology of the, uh, of the three persons of the Trinity. With 14, you begin the section which deals with the Christ. And this does sound much more like second article of the Creed. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. And then with the history. When thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst not abhor the virgin's womb. When thou didst overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. And so you see kind of the points of his uh, redemption, the things that he has done. And yet, it's more than just, you know, with the uh, uh, creed. You pretty well have the facts and only the facts. You know, you're under Pontius, suffered, died, resurrected. Uh, this one, you know, talks about not abhorring the virgin. That is, he became man. How did he do it? By being born of a virgin. Um, uh, speaks about death, but not just death. The sharpness of death. Um, and so, speaking of his ascension, but opening up for all the believers that uh, uh, they might come. Uh, and so, uh, with that, you kind of have the second part of this. With verse 20, it begins what is kind of a litany, uh, a prayers, uh, asking the Lord. Uh, up to now, it's, it's praising him and speaking of him. We therefore, based upon this, pray thee, help thy servants whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. And that would seem to uh, almost bring the whole thing to a conclusion. Help us. We want to be with the saints who are already there. And that kind of ties everything together. But beginning with verse 22 through 29, once again, it, it, it appears to be having put together over several, I mean, from many different strands. Yes, uh, maybe this bishop in, in, you know, did assemble, but, but these are quite different parts uh, to it. These next are simply taken like out of the Psalms, like, a, like, like a evening suffrages or, or something. Uh, Psalm 28, verse 9, O Lord, save thy people and bless thine heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Psalm 145, verse 2. Day by day we magnify thee, and we worship thy name ever world without end. Vouch 26 is not actually from the Psalms, but it sounds so familiar. Vouch safe, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. It actually goes back to some of the oldest prayer that's included in Matins and Vespers, uh, originating in the Eastern Orthodox or the Eastern Church, you know, at the time uh, when the church was united, but from the great doxology then. Uh, going on, uh, 27 is Psalm 123, verse 3, Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. Psalm 35, verse 2, O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us as our trust is in thee. And Psalm 31, 1, O Lord, in thee have I trusted, let me never be and so, that kind of gives us the content, as, as you see in this. I was showing a couple of the, uh, showing Jane a couple other, uh, from which this came, the text. 
uh, in the Ohio hymnal, they actually have this listed in five blocks. Five, it, it's a hymn. I, I'm not quite sure what the uh, hymn tune is because they don't have it listed here. But it's actually put in five blocks like a five stanza hymn. Um, ours is done more in, in Luther's uh, way. If you look on the right side, I tried to show just a little bit. Um, that first part, uh, as I mentioned above, when it gets to holy art thou, our God, Jehovah, Sabaoth, um, Luther wanted that sung by everybody. That was kind of the uh, uh, conclusion of the first part. Um, the next uh, two parts are kind of repetitious, almost hymn-like, uh, dealing with the, the common Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, with O Christ, now help us, Lord. Uh, finally, then you get towards the end, you've got the three-part, keep us, have mercy, thy mercy be upon us. And then finally, that last part is to be sung by all together. So go back to your page one. We'll take a look at it and go through. There is, you actually could put a lot of this together. As I showed you, Luther had it on two pages, um, not eight. But you have to put not two lines of, of notes, just the top melody line. You've got to put five to seven stanzas underneath it to make it work. But um, Okay. The first choir, the, uh, the choir is going to sing, Lord our God, we praise. Congregation is going to sing, To thee, God, thanks we raise. That one again. To thee, God, thanks we raise. All the earth doth worship thee. Father in eternity, all angels and the heavenly host, lying who may praise thee most, all cherubim and seraphim, ever sing the lofty hymn. Okay, um, those the first one's different except for the first note under father the rest of them are the same kind of goes to the same uh, this one is a little bit uh, different but what the choir sings is the same thing that the congregation sings Con- uh, so the choir sings holy art thou thou art God sorry holy art thou art God we sing Holy art thou, our God. Holy art thou, our God. Let's do that one again. Holy art thou, our God. Jehovah Sabbath. Jehovah Sabbath. All right, all the way through for... Uh, uh, let's do just the first two lines on that page. Holy heart, thou art God. 
before on the last page. Thy glorious power and mighty name bless over heaven and native frame. The holy twelve apostles all the prophets thou of didst call. Okay. Um, that repeats, let's go to the bottom line on that page, which is the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. The Holy Ghost, the Comforter, they praise and honor evermore. All right, this is a different one. Christ to thee, the glorious King, eternal Son of God, we sing, we sing. Last line. Eternal Son of God, we sing, we sing. We're going to be getting that one uh, for the next five lines or so. Keep going. To save our race from sin, forlorn, Thou camest of chaste virgin born. Two, Thou didst endure such sharpest pain, and open heaven for us again. Turn the page. Uh, that one's somewhat similar, uh, but the second part, which happens to fall to the choir, is a little different. Um, we're just going to sing it through. Now help us, Lord, thy servants here. When thou hast saved with blood so dear, let us have portion with the blessed in the eternal glorious rest. Lord Jesus, bless thy Oh, 
that last page. Dear Lord, our hopes all rest in Thee. Oh, let us ne'er confounded be. It is a tough one to sing. First half of it is so high, I can't sing it. You know, uh, having, uh, yeah, I mean, having having looked at it, studied it, you know, realized that this kind of idea of a rhymed paraphrase um, was extremely popular for Lutherans. And quickly the congregation picked it up. um, and, And not only did they use it you know, in like Thanksgiving and, and Samantha's, but in festivals they would they would they would use it. Um, again, they were also bringing things over from Latin to German, so this is something that uh, that they could do. Um, I'm not convinced that this is the final product. I'm not convinced that this is. I mean, they did take um, the text from the Ohio hymnal. Uh, they took a, the tune from another one. Um, Luther's may not be the one, but it's a bit more simple. And I would say that uh, we, our congregation has done very well with the litany. And the litany also has this back and forth. And it's not exactly the same. It's not exactly, but, but once you get it down, you can. I, we'll, do this, we'll do this Sunday, but this is a hymnal supplement. You know, there may be some changes. Not much. This is considered the hymn of the day for this coming Sunday. It's not, you know, it doesn't really look like a hymn. I mean, it looks like more like a canticle in the way it's all done. Um, I wrestled with this for a while. I'm going to go ahead and put it in the place of the hymn of the day, so it's going to be where they said, but. It, well, tomorrow it'll be, or tomorrow, Sunday it'll be for the end of the day, and we'll see how it goes. Well, you know, th- I'm sorry, I don't know what she's Oh, okay, that's what you're, all right, so, um, there is, as, as I showed you in the back, okay, there is a todayum like we have in the Order of Matins on Thanksgiving, and that is a different arrangement. That is just the text and just gone through. This is a paraphrase arrangement where you alternate and, and you do whatever. So they're used completely different. This one is considered you know, kind of for matins. This one is considered more as for him kind of stuff. So we do have um, we do have two different versions of the Te Deum in our hymnal. We've got one in Matins. We've got one in Morning Prayer. One's a little more festive. Um, we also have, for example, a couple different renditions of the Creed. That is a paraphrase. We all believe in one true God. We've got a one-page one, and we've got a three-page one. So it, it's pretty common to have that. Um, I, I'm just not... 
convinced that you know that that this particular arrangement is it. Well, I didn't know if the consensus of the pastors that are in the hymnal together where this would this piece would fit. Right now, it's supposed to be placed as a hymn for the hymn of the day, which would be right before the sermon. But um, but I, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't. We're still. And, that, and that's you know, and that's why you have a supplement. I mean, not only do you have typos, but you also have things that you go, okay, um, I, I, I get the history, I get the theology, I see this, I can see why you would say yes, it ought to be done. In practice, you might have to tweak this a bit to make this, you know. Um, although there are some things like you know Isaiah mighty seer that you know now our congregation sings it without batting an eye, so. You know, that's why you have to try it out. And, and I kind of went, you know, maybe I'll do it, you know, as just communion. Because it's long. I mean, it's it's not, you know, three minutes. So, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I can see where a congregation our size might be able to do it. But what about these little tiny congregations? How are they going to do that? You know, so I've been asking as well, you know. <laughs> How are you going to do this? You know, I've got a choir. I don't know that anyone else does. So, yeah. I will say that yeah, we've been working on this one for, I think, over a month now. And I have found myself humming parts of the tune <laughs> as I go about my day. Right. Just all the, wait, I am humming that today. Uh-huh. And so, they won't go away. And actually, there's that one part of Holy Father. So we're you know we're going at it again. Luther's doesn't have quite as many. Um, he, it's based on a Phrygian melody kind of thing, but it doesn't have as many variations, um, which 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 might be helpful. So on this one, we get a pass if we hit the wrong note. Well, um, you know, I'm going to tell Deacon Arun to be gracious. He's he's got the ejector button. Or the trap door, and you know, you might fall through if. Uh, oh, that was a sharp bite, Kim. Push the button. You know. I'm just saying, Kim, I can vouch for you. I'm patient. You made up melody. So. Last week, you just want to listen on Sunday. Yeah. Um, the choir alone is doing the first part. The choir's not going to fall out. They're going to help us out with the second part. But, you know, the congregation is expected to jump in on the second part. Um, so that's kind of what we're, you know, you won't be singing continuously. And, and you know, truthfully, again, except for the choir, um, you, know, um, you know, your voice kinds of wanes after too much singing you know, without a break. So, um, so I've got a long sermon for the choir to just not sing for 30 minutes, you know, and I'll, I'll just preach and preach and preach.
And, you know, I, I think, too, um, you know, with some of the corrals that we have that are, you know, 12 or, or something, you know, the, uh, uh, and in, you know, you got a prelude, we got a postlude. We might ask you to give us an interlude, you know, after stanza six, where you, you know, kind of go back and play the last line that kind of lets us, okay, now we're ready to, you know, to, to keep going. I mean, sometimes those things are, are helpful if it is going to be that way. That might be something to mention to the committee. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we've been going through that. We've been going through the, you know, the stanzas. You know, sometimes we go, wow, that was a great stanza, you know. There's other times you kind of go, well, you know, I don't know. But, um, you know, it, that... Uh, um, some point you got to stop singing. I, you know, whether it's after six or twelve or <laughs> you know how many stanzas you're going to go. So, uh, Apostles' Creed, the Holy Trinity always directs us to Christ, the Father at the baptism, and and at the baptism we've got the Trinity. Where do we have the Trinity at Jesus' baptism? The dove coming down in the form of a dove, the Holy Spirit. The Father's words from heaven and Jesus in the water. And what happens? The Father says, this is my beloved. And so we have the direction of the Father to Jesus himself. We have Jesus himself, and we're going to see it in tonight's text as well, that the second person of the Trinity directs us to himself, where he says, I am the way and the truth, and the life. Tonight he's going to ask the question, so, you know, what about the Christ? Uh, He's always directing us to what he is doing for us. He who hears my words, you know, will have eternal life. Holy Spirit, same thing. We have the Holy Spirit always directing our attention back to Jesus Christ. He takes what belongs to me and makes it known to you. And so, we have the Holy Spirit calling us by the gospel and enlightening us with the gifts, everything which is given to Jesus. Um, as we go back to that Apostles' Creed, we see that all three persons of the Trinity are directing us to Jesus and what he has done, uh, to what the Christ has done for us to put us into that book of life. 1 John chapter 4. Repeat after me. Verse 8. Whoever does not love God... Whoever does not love God... Sorry. I jumped ahead. We'll try that again. Whoever does not love... Whoever does not love... Does not know God... Does not know God... Because God is love. Because God is love. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Very good. And stands on, uh, and verse number 19. We love because he first loved us. Because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. So, 1 John 4, 
Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And then when we get to verse 9, we love because he, or 19, we love because he first loved us. Light their candles and we'll begin. Open my lips and my mouth will your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The reading is on the back of the green bulletin, Matthew 22, verse 34 through 46. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord? Saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on did anyone dare question him any more. This is God's word. All right, we're going to sing the first part of this through the both choirs. Okay, so we're going to sing page one, one and a half, and then we'll uh, flip over to another section, and we will start uh, uh, with that. God, we praise to be God. 
Sadducees. How did that turn out? Not so well. Um, uh, the Sadducees had a real zinger for Jesus. They were going to uh, 
have this uh, woman who married seven guys and which she skips to heaven. Uh, they don't believe that there's a resurrection. They don't believe in all. So they said, so who's, who, who does she belong to? You know, this, this is going to create a polygamous relationship in heaven. And, and then where do they have Jesus? Uh, how does he respond? What now? There won't be any husbands and wives. Okay? Yeah. It's not going to be an issue. He's, he's pretty rough. He said, you don't know the scriptures. He said, you don't know the scriptures. I mean, he takes these, I mean, we're talking the high priests, Sadducees, the lead, you know, this is taking a bunch of college of cardinals and bishops and saying, you guys don't know the word of God. And then he tells them, you don't know the power of God either. Um, and he pretty well lays the whole thing out, goes back to the scriptures, shows that, you know, yeah, this stuff doesn't happen in heaven, and, and does go on to talk about how there is erection, resurrection. Um, the Sadducees are left in the dust. But they're the theological liberals of the day. They denied all the stuff and lived immorally. And, and so uh, um, when the Pharisees find out, they're rather pleased with this whole situation. Um, Jesus uh, uh, knows the scriptures. So the Pharisees say, well, you know, maybe if you're an enemy to my enemies, you could be my friend. So let's, let's check him out. Let's test him. I don't think that this, at least in its initial stages is intended to be, as we saw before with the dropsy mana set up, I don't think it's definitely, it's not intended to be unfriendly. It is testing him. No, they are not believers. And they're trying to figure out, well, if you spoke that way and we like what you said, what are you going to say here? Um, they're, still, they're still checking him out. Um, the other thing is, I get that from Jesus' response, what he says to them, as well as when, not in this text, but in, uh, I think it's Mark's account, um, the man to whom Jesus gives the answer says, well said, teacher. I am pleased with Jesus' answer. Um, so, you know, at least at that point, things are, are, are friendly. All right, so they come, they ask him a question. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Um, which is the great commandment? Um, this is somewhat of an idiom, and they've kept the idiom in it. Uh, they didn't say the greatest. They said, you know, which one is great? Um, it means the same thing, but that's not the way they would speak. What are they wanting to know? The Pharisees loved the law. They had so many laws, Karen. Not only did they have the commandments, and, you know, so you add them up and you go, well, that's ten, okay. Well, then, you know, you're supposed to bring a, a, a piece, all right, that's eleven. You're supposed to be circumcised, that's twelve. You're supposed to, you know, not walk in. And so, you know, they, they counted them. They added them up. And not only that, then... They added in all the traditions of the fathers, which they got by a lot of 
different ways, some even kind of mystic, Kabbalistic kind of... Anyway, you know, we're talking 416 commandments or something like that, and, and you know, they, they, had them, they, they had all these. Here's what they want to know. When you've got all these commandments, there's conflict. Which one are you going to keep? So... I'm, I'm not supposed to go over 39 steps on the Sabbath, you know. But, you know, it's the Sabbath day. I'm supposed to go to church. But what if my neighbor needs my help? But what if I have to do over 39 steps on to help him? And so, do I keep the Sabbath law and go to church? Do I stop and help the guy, but then I'm not keeping the Sabbath because I'm not going to church? Well, then I'm taking more than 39 steps, and that's going to disagree with the traditions of the five. You know, you're going to have to tell me which of these, which is more important. So there would be some that would say, well, it, it's definitely the neighbor ones. You know, but that, that, and others would say, well, the sacrifices are about God, and that's just about neighbor. No, it's the sacrifice laws that are the most important laws. You know, and others say, well, the Sabbath law, that was created on the seventh day. That's before. So you, you, that's, that was the problem. You had all these laws, and and the Pharisees did believe what? You had to keep them to be saved. saved. That's the way you did it. Uh, What? And then they thought that they did, and then they did, right. Um, But the question exhibits that they can't. Right, right. Yeah, it always, it always does. So, you know, you're always kind of fudging, uh, you know, well, if... Yes, I always stop at the stop sign. Well, yeah, but I saw you the one. Oh, well, okay. Well, there's always, you know, that was. I was taking my. That just, I was, I was. You know, I mean, there's always that, right? Exactly. So, um, so that's what we got. They want to know. Tell me what's the rule? What's the thing that's going to help me know what's most important? And if you're asking most important, it's because you can't do it all right. Jesus said to him. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. So he gives them. They want the great commandment? He says, okay, I'll give it to you. And, and, and he quotes from Deuteronomy. Um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. He quotes from that. And then he says, the second is like it. Not the same, not the great commandment, but it, it goes along. It's similar to it. It's like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus presents to this man two commandments, one dealing with God, one dealing with the neighbor, He definitely puts the one for God as the great commandment. So this must be lesser, but but it definitely ought to come into consideration as you're taking a look at this. And so uh, Jesus doesn't mention circumcision laws. He doesn't mention uh, clean and unclean laws, the purity laws. He doesn't mention Sabbath laws. He doesn't mention sacrifice laws. This is this is pretty. I mean, um, you know, outside the box, right? For a Pharisee, 
The Pharisees. And both of them are impossible to keep. <laughs> he doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree. I thought a couple weeks ago it was, and who is your neighbor? What happened to that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, interesting. You're correct. And that particular Sunday with that particular theme was definitely intended to talk about this kind of what's the problem, you know, the guy's going along, he wants to go to church, there's someone that needs help, whatever. Um, But Jesus is definitely taking a man who was saying, I got this, what do I have to do? And Jesus was using that to tear this man down, to show him his sin. He wants the man to give up and trust in Jesus. So it was what we would call second use of the law, a mirror trying to show the man his sin. This one here is not Jesus using the law to try as a mirror to show someone their sin. He's not taking a proud and 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 you know showing him. He's not really doing that. Jesus is simply saying, well, if you're wanting to keep the law, I'm going to say this is third use of the law. He's saying, yeah, if you're trying to figure out how to lead the Christian life, you guys happen to have all these laws. Now, Jesus is not putting his imprimatur on, on their law, righteousness, whatever, but he's saying, let me give you the guide. And he does. They still can't do it. I mean, third use of the law, we still can't do third use of the law. It's still a rule for our life. It's still, you know, when you say to me, so, pastor, what should I do? And I say, well, don't commit adultery. Stay with your wife. You know, I mean, you, know, you still lust. You still, it's not. But, but this is for a different purpose. So you're right. This is a similar command. This is a, it's dealing with similar text, but it's got a different focus to it. So, all of the categories that I gave you for the Pharisees were all external, outward works that you could check the box if you did it. But what what does Rachel say? Both of these fall in the category of love? That, you know, how do I know? I mean, um... You know, I can tell you that I did the dishes one time for the exact opposite of love. To make my wife, I was mad. And I was going to make her feel guilty over something she done. And I remember doing the dishes and I'm thinking, this will show her, you know I mean? Now you can't check that box, right? Yeah. I mean... Even you were not sure. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, I knew it wasn't. I you might have done. You might have looked at me and said, well, he's obviously being loving. And I would have laughed. Right, 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 exactly. So, my, yes, so my, my point in setting up all the, is, is that Jesus subverts the categories and says, no, that's not the way, God is not, it's, that's not his concern. There are, we, you can put things in categories, sacrifices and circumcision and whatever. What is God's real concern? The heart. The heart. He, he, cares about the love of the heart. That's what he cares about. Um, And so Jesus 
puts, you know, uh, um, so we go back to, uh, uh, Dad, we go back to even one of the other ones, you know, you shall have no other gods, or you can't serve both God and mammon. And so here Jesus is going back to, you've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Whoa. Um, you know, in other words, Jesus says, pick whatever commandment, whatever category you want, but love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind when you do that. And if it regards your neighbor, there needs to be love towards, towards your neighbor. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets is the Old Testament. So he's saying, we're going to go back to the scriptures, and I think he's doing this for a purpose because the Pharisees had the tradition of the elders and all the other stuff too. So he says, if you want to know scripturally what's most important, love the Lord your God love your neighbor as yourself. We normally categorize the Ten Commandments with those two categories, you might remember. One through three is the way we love God. Four through ten is the way we love our neighbor. So it, um, it, it is a good summary, and Paul picks this up. And when Paul comes to it, he says, love is the fulfillment of the law. If you could love, you could keep the law perfectly. Why can't we keep the law? It's not because of all the check. It's because of a lack of love. That's the problem. Um, you know, yeah, I've been to church every Sunday. Yeah, that's, okay. Um, that is the uh, love. Again, in Mark's Gospel, the, the answer from the Pharisees, at least the man that was asking the question said, well said. Um, kind of agreed. Agreed with it. Um, at this point, yeah, you kind of want them to go out and go, okay, so, you know, how's that going for you? How's the love going? And, and that would show us our sins. Jesus, in a friendly way, doesn't stop. When all the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, what do you think about the Christ? Hmm. What about the Christ? Whose son is he? So Jesus takes the Pharisees, who are so crazy about the law, who are categorizing and collecting and, and doing all this, and he says, of course, the scriptures are made up of two parts the law and the gospel. What about the gospel? What about the Christ? What about the promised Savior? Because the law is not the end game. You know, when they got to Mount Sinai, God didn't say, good, we got you where you needed to be. We got you to the Ten Commandments. We'll just stay. No, we're going to the promised land. And the Ten Commandments are to show us our sins so we trust in God for the journey. It's the gospel. So what about the Christ? They're lost. What about the Christ? That's, that's not that. Wait, look at the Bible for the Christ. We don't need the Christ. We've been keeping the law. That's, you know, no, tell me about the Christ. Whose son is he? Well, everybody knows that to David was promised someone will be a king. He will sit on David's throne forever. The Davidic king, that's the Messiah. So they're like, oh, well, we got that. And of course, it's, it's David's son. Um, perfect. And Jesus has them. How then does David in the spirit call him Lord? All right, a couple things. First of all, when David speaks, not everything that David says is Spirit-filled, it's not the Holy Spirit working, but that which has become the Holy Scriptures, and Jesus accepts 
the Old Testament, he accepts the Psalms, he accepts the book of Moses, he never calls into question anything that is in there, anything historical. Jesus had uh, um, the Septuagint, which was did not have the Apocrypha in it, um, and he accepted that as the Scriptures. So he says, when David, speaking by the Holy Spirit, that is inspired, this is inspirational, um, uh, you know, this is God's very word, when David, in Psalm 110 says this, it's got to be true. How can this be true? The Lord, that would be the triune God, the, the, the Father, Yahweh, God, the Old Testament God. How did uh, uh, God, how did the Lord say to my Lord, and my Lord would be the Messiah, the descendant of David, that would be his, his Lord, the Messiah. How, how, he said to him, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. See, that's what the Messiah was supposed to do. He was supposed to be at the right hand of God, and then he would put all the enemies under his foot. And so he says, so if the Messiah is going to be that, and God called him Lord, but wait, he's David's son. How could he be David's son and also be my Lord? How did David do that? And, and again, you can't say David made a mistake. Because it's the Holy Spirit working through the scriptures themselves. What's the answer? He is both true God and true man. Absolutely. And so, uh oh, wait a minute. No one was able to answer him a word. It's at this point that they step back and go, yeah, we're not going to take the next step. Why not? Because they knew who Jesus was. Yeah, they knew who Jesus claimed to be and who he was. At this point, you know... So, if Jesus, if people are saying that Jesus is the Messiah, and they're going, no, 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 it can't be because of... Wait, it could be. And so, at this point, he has wiped away their, you know, no, it can't be that. Yes, it could be. They saw all the temple records of whose family is who in the lineage of David, so it's not like they're unaware that he is a descendant thereof. Right. So, what we have is that, one, Jesus taking works righteous Pharisees, giving them the true law, and then saying, now let's talk about the Christ, because you're going to need it, because you can't love God the way you are. Let's talk about the Christ. And they don't really, again, don't know about the Christ, because they're trusting in themselves. Jesus then goes ahead and shows them that he is the Christ, or at least could be the Christ, and they're afraid to take that next step. They, unlike the Sadducees, which would just say, yeah, we just don't believe any of that, the Pharisees held to the scriptures, and now they're caught. You've got to do one or the other. You either have to take the word of God and say, I believe it, or not. Um, At this point, we don't know which way they're going to go, but they don't want to ask him any more questions, lest they get caught 
in not having the law and the gospel and all of it put together. Questions? Comments? The law always prepares us for the gospel. Um, What we find is that the Pharisees have the law and it didn't prepare them for the gospel. they made it something that they could get around and work whatever it never finally showed them their sin That's what I, and so you're right Once, if I'm self justified I need no I, I have no need for help a savior, a Christ yep alright, got your pink sheet please stand um, who helped me with the ten commandments Pastor, Apostles' Creed, Rachel, Lord's Prayer, Karn, Baptism, Dan, Confession, Absolution, Leanne, and Sacrament of the Altar, Mark. We pray. The Ten Commandments teach us what we are to do. shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. He says, I, the Lord your God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. The Apostles' Creed teaches what God does and gives. In addition to temporal blessings, the Heavenly Father has given to us through the preaching of the gospel by the I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord's Prayer teaches how we should pray. There is nothing so necessary as to constantly pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Holy baptism brings us into the Christian community. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Confession and absolution is the voice of the gospel. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The sacrament of the altar is food for the soul. We approach the sacrament in order to receive the treasure of Christ's body and blood, through and in which we obtain the remission of sins. This sacrament is given as daily food and nourishment by which faith may repair and recover its strength against attack and temptation. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take ye, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, He gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for a successful surgery for Anita, and we ask that you would continue to provide for her uh, recovery. We ask also uh, that you would be uh, with the family of a uh, relative of of mine, Larry, um, who has passed away. We ask that you would be with his uh, wife, Joan, and with the family. And we ask, dear Lord, that there might be uh, much speaking of the words of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and the gospel to comfort them. We ask it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. O God, for as much as without thee we are not able to please thee, mercifully grant that thy Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.